Well, today I have, uh, I have a challenge. I'm a little upset. Actually, I'm angry. The scripture says it's okay to be angry. Just don't sin in your anger, right? So it's okay to be angry. So be okay. I'm not angry at you. So phew, you can breathe. You can breathe easy. But I'm a little bit angry. This week, I got an email from our superintendent of our schools uh, for Guilford schools that we're a part of. And um, he said this is kind of parent confidential. And in that email, you had to hit a link and there was a notice from the FBI in Boston and said that to be aware be aware because there are predators who are seeking to entice young men and women to send nude photos of themselves. They're posing as other teenagers. And then when they send those photos, then they will hold them ransom to say, I'm going to share these photos with the world unless you pay us off. So that stirred something inside of me already. Like, is this the culture that we live in? And then I, somebody shared with me this week this documentary called Childhood 2.0. And I might get a little emotional because I'm mad, but I'm also so sad. But this documentary was talking about the effect that our devices in the hands of our young people are having on their minds, hearts, and souls. That this is truly a social experiment. And what is happening, though, is our young people, you know, back in the day, if you wanted to kind of get into some trouble, you'd have to, like, try to, okay, I'm going to, I'll be vulnerable. You'd have to kind of, like, find a Playboy magazine somewhere, right? And then you'd have to, maybe a VHS tape of somebody who had something on it. Or, or maybe if you were like really bad, you would call the 1-900 number or something, right? <laughs> Hello there, how may I help you, right? So, but you'd have to make a lot of effort to try to find something that was not healthy and not right. But today that is, that is in every single pocket of every young person today. And in this, in this documentary, it was saying that, that all, all of our kids are exposed to pornography. This is not a just a one or two or half or three quarters. It is all of our kids are exposed to pervasive pornography. It's made me so angry. Because it's hurting our kids. It's destroying lives. And what becomes something so sacred as, as this union between a man and a woman and sex between a husband and wife? People are being brainwashed with all kinds of things in their minds. And now we have things like Snapchat that allows for this, this to take place in all secrecy. Things can just like disappear and moms and dads don't have to be aware. And, and the kids in this documentary are saying, hey, do you think your parents really know? And like, no, no, our parents don't know. 
And the enemy, you know who I'm angry at? I'm angry at the enemy. I'm so angry at the enemy. He is wanting to rob from our kids, steal from our kids. Well, thankfully, like, can I tell you something? Thankfully, we do not have to sit on the defense if there is an offensive tactic that we can use. And today, I am, I am petitioning you to get offensive with me, to care for our kids, our next generation. If you turn with me to your Bibles, we're going to finish up in Colossians. Oh, I'm so angry. I've been sick to my stomach this week. Knowing that this is what our young people, they didn't ask for it. Marketers, media people who have, who have created tactics to know how to get into their brain and get them addicted to their phones and then, and then get them in these places where they, where they no longer have the ability to, to say no to all this temptation. In Colossians chapter 4, it says this, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Let me tell you what our offensive tactic is, church. Our offensive tactic is prayer. I, I don't know if you're a prayer or not a prayer, but I will contend that, that there is more work that's done in prayer then I would say anything else. There's more effectiveness in prayer than I would say that anything else. Yes, do our kids need us to be in their lives? Absolutely. Do our kids need us to be able to ask questions without judgment? Do our kids need us to be there for them? Absolutely. But, but this is a spiritual battle. This, this is a tactic of the enemy that wants to destroy this young generation. And I'll tell you what, he's being very effective in doing that. And don't think it's just, don't think it's just, oh, it's those kids. It's everybody. And it's everywhere. Moms and dads, have those questions with your kids. Talk to them about kids. Don't be afraid to talk to your mom and dad about it. Because it's not your fault. I know you feel that guilt and shame, but it's not your fault. You have an enemy that wants to destroy you and is bringing this stuff into your life and I know you haven't asked for it, but yet it has sucked you in and we are gonna contend, as a church, we are gonna contend for this next generation. We are gonna contend for this next generation. And this is the way we're going to do We're going to pray. We're going to pray like never before. See, when, when Paul wrote to this letter in the church of Colossae, he actually was in prison. And he says this, continue steadfastly. In other words, don't give up. Press in. Keep going. Keep going. Continue steadfastly in prayer. Being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Now, here's the interesting thing. Be watchful. I think... When he was saying being watchful, I think he's like what Jesus says. Jesus went away and prayed by himself. He would find a, a desolate place. He would find a place that, that he could be quiet with the Father. And as he prayed, the Father would speak to him. 
and he would show him things. And then Jesus would respond based on how the father showed him things. And I do believe that he's, especially parents, pray for your young ones and, and God will show you where there are things going on. See, see, see being watchful, meaning is you're, you're beginning to say, I'm in prayer and then I'm saying, God, show me some things. Show me some things. And he does, and he'll show you things. Then he says, in thanksgiving, and, and watchful in it with thanksgiving. Why the thanksgiving is because when God shows you something, that means that we have the ability to take back territory and take back um, things that the enemy has stolen because he's showing you ways to, to enter into a situation and to see victory take place. So we're, we're being thankful already because of what God has shown us. So you can approach it with thanksgiving and say, God, we know that you're moving, but you asked me to come alongside you. And so we are watching by what you're telling us in prayer. And then we're leading out in thanksgiving, already determining that you are going to do a great work. Verse three, at the same time, pray also for us that God may open us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on the account of which I am in prison. See, he's, he's asking us that we need each other. We need to pray for each other. We need to pray for each other. We need to be open and vulnerable with one another. Paul is saying, I need your prayer too, even though he's the apostle, right? He's like, I need your prayer. And, and he's praying for them and we need each other, right? So don't be afraid to get vulnerable with each other and pray for one another. And then he goes on to say this. But why? Why? To declare the mystery of Christ on the account of which I'm in prison. In other words, saying that the whole freedom comes with this is when we can present Jesus Christ in a way that sets the captives free. And we need, there's a lot of captives right now and there needs to be a lot of freedom. And we need to contend for that and giving opportunities to, to have those God conversations. So I'm so proud of our young people. One of the things I saw in Poland was, was that this young generation is, is really the emptiness, the loneliness, the depression, the anxiety is so real. And, and it is, I can almost guarantee it's attached to those devices. I can almost guarantee it. Verse 4, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. And here's the interesting thing. He's praying, and then he's praying and saying, Lord, not only do you show me something, but then, then how do I speak these words? How do I speak these words of, of, of you that are, is filled with kindness and grace and mercy? Without judgment, I'll tell you what, this generation does not need any judgment from you or I. This generation needs us to come alongside and say, we are here for you. We are here for you, and we love you. Yeah, thank you so much. I know, sorry, I'm just keep wiping my nose here over here. Thank you, tissues, bottle of water, Art. Can we give Art Merrigan a big hand? Thank you, Art, for looking after me. Now, here we go, verse five. This is really critical. It says, walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let me just finish this. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. This walk in wisdom, I think, was really played out in our Poland missions trip. That God used 
the wisdom to know how to build a relationship by going to those schools and found a way that we can let people know that we love them by just our actions and by, as Elliot said, allowing the Holy Spirit to, to emanate from us, that people would say, what's different about you? But walk in wisdom. Um, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And basically the idea is that we need to be understanding wisdom comes from God. And wisdom is God. And he asks us to come alongside. Wisdom is just not, hey, how do I get creative with my mind and be wise? But he's really saying, God, what speak to us what it is that you're doing. So I would say there's three A's. If you're a triple A member, you'll remember it by three A's. What is wisdom? Wisdom is assessing the situation. For us going to Poland, we had to assess. How do we have an opportunity to speak to teenagers in a way that's acceptable, they got us, we got in schools by saying we'll do presentations out of American culture. Assess the situation. But individually, then you have to say, God, you've placed me somewhere. I, I'm saying this is now not just teenagers. This is anywhere in your life. Assess the situation at your work. Assess the situation. In other words, the person you're talking to. Every day, God is bringing you people. And you, the first thing you need to do in, in having wisdom is, A, assess the situation. The other A of the AAA is ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what are you doing right now? Holy Spirit, what are you doing right now? I'm assessing the situation. I'm asking the Holy Spirit, what is he doing? And, and we're expecting to have that, an understanding of what the Holy Spirit is doing. And then the third A of the triple A, assess, ask, and then act. Act on his direction. Act on his direction. He, I, he is faithful to speak to you and you can act on it. And, and that's where freedom is going to be found. Because God is initiating it. So when he says, walk in wisdom towards outsiders, outsiders, those who are people who don't know Jesus yet. And I want to encourage you, young people, teenagers, you, you know this. You've been on a mission trip. You are effective ministers. You can go into your schools. You can go into your workplaces. The rest of the congregation, you guys are effective ministers. You have the Holy Spirit who dwells inside of you. And you can... Assess the situation. Ask the Holy Spirit what he's doing and act on his direction. And you'll see greater freedom. You'll see people coming to these places of decision to Jesus with Jesus. But what it means is that their life can be set free from the bondages that the enemy has placed on them. See, the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And he's like a lion seeking whom he will devour. And he's doing a lot of devouring. He's doing a lot of stealing and killing and destroying. Then it says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. So our words, our words are very powerful. And our words are to be gracious. Think about how you have conversations with people. Are they filled with judgment? Are they filled with negativity? speaking about other people 
Are they uplifting? They're gracious. They're, and I love this idea, not only gracious, but they're seasoned with salt. Now, salt in many ways, we have this illustration often about salt and, and it might just add flavor. But I think in this imagery, they're like salt has a way of pulling the best things out of something, right? pulling the best out. And I would encourage you this week when you're around people and you're doing the AAA thing, assessing, you're asking the Holy Spirit and then you're acting on what he says, your, your words are gracious, but then you're saying, how do I pull something really good out of that person? How do I pull something really good out of that person in my conversation with them? Because when you pull something really good out of them, they want to know what it is. Why did you pull something good out of me? And then I love this part. I love this part because you don't have to tell anything to anybody. You don't, have to, you don't have to tell them about Jesus. All you have to do is answer why you have such hope in you. It says this, remember, it says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Not tell each person. Answer each person, which means they've asked a question. They've asked a question. Like, What's different about you? It's like what Elliot was saying. Like, he was so surprised. They were, they were, like, they were saying, what's different about you? And the realization that as we uh, uh, who are followers of Jesus, who carry the Holy Spirit, there should be some evidence of something different inside of us. And we realize the Spirit of God is longing to set people free and is longing to... to reunite people with the Father's love through Jesus Christ. Let me circle back now to our young generation. Anxieties through the roof. Depressions through the roof. Self-worth is all time low. There's comparison. I don't measure up. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I don't look like this one. I'm not athletic enough. I'm not popular enough. I don't have enough likes. I don't have enough whatevers. And it leaves people so empty. And, 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 and yet then you put the undergirding of, of the pervasiveness of pornography and sexting and this undercurrent of things that are so destructive for people's minds and people's well-being. And you wonder how this next generation is going to get, get to where they need to go. You wonder how this next generation is going to survive. But I'll tell you how they're going to survive because the church of Jesus Christ is going to pray. We're going to pray and we're going to contend that, that God is going to move on our behalf and our prayers. But it's not just prayer, but then we enter into somebody's life and we start doing the AAA. We start assessing, man, how are you doing? She says, why are you looking at me? I am looking at you. <laughs> how are you doing? And I'm saying, Holy Spirit, what are you doing in her life right now? Yes, you. I'm looking at you. <laughs> I know it's uncomfortable. Just hang with me for a moment. 
I haven't picked you for a particular reason. I haven't. My eyes just locked with yours. You're good. I'm assessing, but I'm asking the Holy Spirit, what is the Holy Spirit doing in and wants to do in your life right now? And then I get a sense of like, hey, obviously I wouldn't ask you this, but if I was a girl, I'd say, hey, you want to go grab some coffee sometime? You're not a coffee drinker. Whatever girls do, I don't know, to have fun. I'm not a girl, I don't know. But, but if I felt like that, and then you build a relationship, and then all of a sudden, God opens doors. God opens doors, and now there's a trusting relationship where I can say, I care for you. I love you. You don't have to suffer alone. You don't have to be alone in this. And, and we need more people who will take time. And by the way, it's just not our young people. I'll tell you what. This culture, can I tell you what? The, the other part of our culture that we live in today, the things that we see are the things that we want to act out. It's true. It's psychologically true. The things that we see are the things that we want to act out. That's why it's so dangerous for young people to see all those things. But I would say for us as, as adults, we need to be challenged to guard our minds and guard what we watch. And I want to encourage us that we would start assessing what it is that we're consuming and start assessing what it is that we're watching and maybe hold ourselves up to a standard to say, God, is this the Philippians, right? Whatever's, I don't know, the list. Holy, pure, right? Oh, I can't remember them all. Look them up. Philippians. Philippians 4? All right. It's good enough. I'm going to get there. Here we go. In closing, worship team can come up. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, can you say pure? Whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, now would you present everything that you're watching before the Lord and say, is this praiseworthy? Does this draw me closer to the Lord? I'm getting a little bold right now. And by the way, I'm sitting right where you are because I watch things that probably are not so praiseworthy. Think about those things, the scripture says. Think about those things. Because whatever you consume eventually starts coming out. And this next generation needs us to be the forerunners. Helping them out of the pit of hell that the enemy is wanting to put them in. Would you pray? Would you watch what you watch? Would you do the AAA and begin to assess what the Spirit of God is doing? Assess the situation. Ask, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do in this situation? And then have the courage to act out on those things and see more people coming to greater freedom through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we are grateful for this time that we can come and honor you and worship you and we can be challenged by your word.
Father, we pray for this young generation, this next generation. Lord Jesus, the enemy has come to steal so much from them. They have, they have polluted their minds with, with the things that are hurting them and damaging them, Lord Jesus. Making them feel insufficient, insufficient making them feel unlovely, making them feel like they, they're not enough and they don't measure up, Lord Jesus. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Because, Lord Jesus, our young people are enough. They are chairs. They're sons and daughters of yours. And, Lord Jesus, you love them and you want freedom for them. You want joy and you want peace for them. You want a sound mind for them, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray that you would help us the older generation, to contend that we will hit our knees in prayer instead fast prayer for this next generation. And that we'd listen to your Holy Spirit and bring more people to you, Lord Jesus, so they can experience freedom in you. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for watching us online. We're so glad that you joined us. We trust that Jesus has spoken to your heart and you've been challenged by his word. If you'd like to know more information about Grace Capital Church, please visit us at gccnh.com. We'll see you next time.